greater faith. You're listening to The Power of Prayer, a message from Brother Dwight Tarion. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. We're going to ask Brother Dwight to come up and share his heart tonight. Amen. Amen. Woo! Praise the Lord, greater faith! Woo! What a night to be in the house of God! Man, seriously, where else would you rather be tonight than right here? Sitting in the emergency room, waiting for hours, being in the hospital. Man, people are dying all the time. People are dying all the time. We are so blessed. We are so blessed that we can be in the house of God, that we can choose to make that choice to be in the house of God. Wow, how lucky are we. We know the truth. Woo! Hallelujah. If you would stand with me tonight. I'm going to talk about, Brother Jerry kind of touched on it, the power of prayer. Power of prayer tonight. I'm I'm going to read the scripture and then I'll, I'll let you be seated. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass that as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when Jesus finished praying, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples, you may be seated. Thank you. Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Because there's power in prayer. Man being healed in Nelsonville. There's power in prayer. But prayer just doesn't happen. According to this word, we need to be taught to pray. We need to be taught how to pray. We need to learn to pray. As Brother Jerry said, when I came in the church, I was the same way. I didn't know anything about prayer. I didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost. I didn't know anything about anything when I first came in the church. But John the Baptist apparently taught his disciples to pray. But not just to pray. John taught his disciples how to pray. Because there's power in prayer. John the Baptist knew that. If you want power in your prayer, we have to learn how to pray. We have to learn how to pray. When you started your jobs, wherever you work, you immediately didn't know everything. You worked at it. You learned. And you probably worked hard at it. And it didn't happen overnight, did it? It didn't happen in just a couple weeks. It maybe didn't happen in a few months. You became somewhat proficient at your job. And they had papers for you to sign, things, lots of things for you to read, maybe. 
You sign off that you've read this, that you've studied this, that you understand this. You show that you know what you're doing. Many of you probably had a 90-day probation period or maybe a six-month probation period. And many of you still complete continuing education classes or continuing education training. Right? Angela brings stuff home all the time, papers home all the time that she has to read and complete. But as the weeks go on, you learn your job. And the weeks become months. And the months become years. And you work at your job continuously. You work at your job without ceasing. Paul writes, pray without ceasing. Be instant in season and out of season. If your work calls you and says, I need you to come in. Most of us are going to jump at that opportunity and go in. Be instant in season and out of season for Jesus. You work hard at your job. You spend lots of hours every week at your job. And when you've been there for a while, when you've been at your job for a while, for, through a lot of things, through those crazy days at work, those tests and trials and tribulations, if you will, at work, when you've kind of done everything at work, and you kind of know everything at work, and you kind of know where everything is and where everything belongs, people look to you for help. And people come to you for help. People know that you know what you're doing. And people will come to you with their problems. People will come to you for guidance. To guide them through their problems. People will come to you for guidance. To guide them through their problems. To guide them through their trials. To guide them through a storm. To guide them through their tribulations that they're going through. Prayer is the same way. There's power in prayer. There's power in your prayer. Teach us to pray, Lord. We have to learn to pray. We have to want to pray. And you have to work at your prayer life. If you want your prayer life to be more than it is, if you want your prayer life to grow, if you want your prayer life to be powerful, we have to work at it. Sometimes you have to get in the book and do a little bit of study and a little bit of continuing education. Make your prayer life grow. But a lot of your prayer life is literally going to be hands-on. It's on-the-job training. It's hands-on, literally. You're good at your jobs, right? You work hard. You're deliberate at your jobs. You're intentional at your jobs. It's your intention to be good at what you do. I always wanted to be the best Wherever I worked, I always wanted to be the best that they could depend on, that they could call. That no matter how bad the situation was, I was going to handle it. Intentional, deliberate. It's my, it was my intention to be great at what I was doing. 
Is this your intention to help others? Is this your intention to help others? There's power in your prayer. There's power in your prayer. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. Jesus is going to teach us how to pray. How awesome is that? Can you go to a better source? I mean, can you go to a better source to learn to pray? It doesn't get any better than this. There's moments in your life sometimes when you meet someone who's really great at what they, what they do. And those moments are so special. Here's Jesus teaching how to pray. This is a special moment because Jesus has created us to pray to him, to worship him. Jesus has given us light and life and breathed life into our souls so we can pray to him. Jesus has created language so we can pray to him. Jesus allows my brain to function so I can talk to him. Jesus allows my heart to feel empathy so I can talk to him. That's all prayer is, is talking to him. Jesus allows me to think so I can pray to him. Because there's power in prayer. Matthew 6 and 5. I found this amazing. And the very first thing Jesus says about prayer, when you pray, be not as the hypocrites are. The first thing he's going to teach you about praying, be not as the hypocrites are. Be not an actor. Don't act the part. That's what a hypocrite is. It's an actor. This is an acting class. It's not pretending. It's not vain repetitions. It's not foolishness. This is life and death we're talking about. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of your prayer. You can change someone's life with your prayer. You can change someone's life with your effectual, fervent prayer. You can change and save someone's life with your effectual, fervent prayer. When you pray for a desired effect, be intentional, be deliberate, pray for a desired outcome. Be not an actor, be not a hypocrite. Pray for a desired result. It's not always just about us. And the desired effect may not occur in an instant. Your desired effect that you're praying for may not occur in a day or in a week or in a month or for years. But the effect will take place. It will happen. Be not an actor. Don't play. Be real about your prayer. Be real about your prayer. Acts chapter 10, starting at verse 1. 
And there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, a man that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people. And he prayed to God always. Verse 3, And Cornelius saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, which is 3 p.m., an angel of God coming to him in a dream and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he had looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And the Lord said unto him, Your prayers and your alms are come up for a memorial before God. Think about that. Your prayers have come up for a memorial before God. Cornelius is an Italian military man occupying this country, occupying the country he's in. He's not a Jew. He's not a Hebrew. He's not an Israelite. He has no business praying to one God. He has no business praying to the God of the Jews. He's not one of them. He's in the military occupying their country. And people say, I've done too much. I don't know anything. I can never be saved. Man, God is no respecter of persons. He, God is no respecter of persons. I came into this apostolic church in my late 20s. I knew nothing. I came out of denominational church, a trinity church, where I was an altar boy when I was a young man. I'll leave it at that. I knew nothing. Man, I knew nothing. Cornelius had no business praying to God. And yet God answered his prayers. The same time Cornelius is having a vision. Peter is having a vision to go see Cornelius. And Peter and his men show up at his house. The Jews have no dealings with heathen. And that's what we were. We were heathen. And the Jews come into the house and pray with Cornelius because God has given Cornelius and Peter both a vision. And not only should Cornelius have no business dealing with this, Cornelius has gathered his, all of his family. He's gathered his friends together. This is powerful. Somebody recently said to me, I'll never get saved. I'll never go to heaven. I'll never make it. Why? God is no respecter. God doesn't care who you are. God doesn't care what you've done. God doesn't care where you've been. God doesn't care where you are from. But God cares that you pray.
There's power in your prayer. Acts 10.44. And while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. This was the beginning of the heathen, of the Gentiles getting the Holy Ghost. This was the very beginning of it all. No matter where you're at, no matter where you come from, no matter your background, it doesn't matter where you're at, where you've been, where you've coming from. It doesn't matter what you've done because your past is your past. Pray to your God and let him hear your prayer. Matthew 6 and 8, back to Jesus. Jesus says, be ye not therefore like unto them. And he's talking about the heathen. He's talking about the Gentiles. He's talking about the unbelievers. He's talking about the hypocrites. He's talking about the pretenders. He's talking about the CEOs. The Christmas and Easter only. He's talking about those that come to play church. Having a form of godliness. But denying the power thereof. Don't play church. Don't act the part. Don't come for a certain scene. This is life and death. This is eternity. This is life and death. Don't be an actor. Don't be an actress. Be the anchor for someone. Be the rock for someone. Be the warrior for someone. Be the prayer warrior for someone. Save someone's life. Change someone's life because there's power in your prayer. Right. Teach us to pray, Jesus. Teach us to pray. And Jesus continues in verse 9 of Matthew 6 and 9. After this manner pray, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Pray in the name of Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. We're praying, our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. The name is Jesus. The holy name is Jesus. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus, thereby giving glory unto the Father through him, by him. And Jesus continues in Matthew 6 and 10, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, your kingdom has come. Jesus tells us, Behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at your fingertips. Think about it. It's at hand. It's at your fingertips. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will that none should perish, that all should come unto righteousness, that all should have eternal life. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who's going to pray for the lost? Who's praying for the prodigals? 
Who's praying for the lost sheep? Who's watching over the 99? There's power in your prayer. There's power in prayer. And Jesus continues, Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Today our daily bread. Daily bread, not twice a week, not Wednesdays and Sundays. Our daily bread every day. In the wilderness, God fed the Jews manna. And they only got what they needed for each day. Give us today our daily bread, our manna from God, our manna from heaven, our nourishment for today. Each and every day, give us today what we need to sustain us, to sustain me through today, to sustain me with my walk with God. The Hebrews were given what they needed every day to keep up with the Spirit. Give us today what we need to live, to have life, and not just to have life, not just to have life, not just to live, but man, to live life more abundantly. Let's live life more abundantly with more joy and more love and more peace and more Jesus. There's power in prayer there's power in your prayer. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Today, this is the day that the Lord has made. There's life and death. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I am going to rejoice in it because God has made this day for me. And I will have joy in it. I will be glad in it. I will have love in it. I will choose to be love. I will choose to pray. I will choose to talk to my God. I can choose peace in the midst of the storm. I can choose peace instead of the chaos of life. I can choose to pray. Instead of the chaos of life, I can choose to pray instead of participate in the chaos of life. Just talk to God. It's just that simple. Just talk to God. I talk to him all the time. I'm outside a lot, and I just talk to him all the time. I do stuff, and I say, well, Lord, what do you think about that? And sometimes he answers me. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think I should do about that? What do you think I should do about this? Make him your best friend. That way when you have problems, instead of going to the world and everybody else with your problems, you'll go to the problem solver with your prayer and let him answer your prayer and let him solve your problems and let him lead you and guide you. God did not give you a spirit of fear. He did not give you a spirit of chaos. He did not give you a spirit of anxiety. 
God did not give you a spirit of worrying about everything that is going on in life, most of which will never happen. Do we not spend our lives worrying about everything that's going to happen, most of which never even happens? We live in fear and anxiety and stress. We worry and complain over things that never even occur. But God gave you the spirit of power. God gave us the spirit of power to walk on the serpents and the scorpions. And he says over in all the power of the enemies, the things that are going to bite you and the things that are going to sting and the things that are going to hurt you and the things that are going to scare you and the things you're going to be afraid of. And nothing by any means shall harm you. Walk over those serpents and scorpions Trust the Lord with all your heart. Okay, I'm going to throw this in. I'm working in my garden the other day. I'm actually working in my garden last week. I'm planting tomato plants. And the Spirit says, why don't you use your big shovel in case there's a snake in there? So I did. The third hole I dug for my tomato plants, there was a copperhead in the dirt. So Monday, I'm working in the garden again, and I'm planting pepper plants, except this time I'm down on my hands and knees, and I've already dug the hole. And I've got the plant in the hole, and I'm filling it with dirt and patting it down. And I pull the dirt, dirt around. And there's a copperhead laying right next to my fingers. Walk with God. Pray to God. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and let Him lead you and guide you. Pray to Him. Just talk to Him. There's power in prayer. There's power in your prayer. If you talk to him. Walk on those serpents and scorpions. Trust the Lord. Those things in life that are going to hurt you and bite you and sting you and drive you crazy. Walk on them. You have the spirit of the living God in you. Yes. You have all power and all authority and all might and all strength in you. Think about that. Did not Elijah pray to God? And fire came down from heaven and licked up the sacrifice and licked up the water and licked up the rocks? How awesome is that? Did not Elijah declare that it will not rain for three and a half years? And it didn't. Did not Elijah declare that it was going to rain? And it did. There's power in prayer. 
God has given you the spirit of power, the spirit of love, the spirit of a sound mind. Let's use it. Use it. Use it. Declare healings. Declare healings over sickness. Declare healings over disease. In Jesus' name, declare healing over cancer. In Jesus' name, declare healing over diabetes. In Jesus' name, declare healing over blood clots, over healing in the blood. Declare healing in kidneys and in lungs. Declare healing over blindness, over deafness. Declare healing over your prodigals, over your lost loved ones, over your family. Because we all need healing. We all need prayer. We all need to pray. We all have issues. We all have issues. We all need healing in our hearts. We all need healings in our minds. We all need healings in our bodies. We all need healing in our souls and our spirits. We're the children of the king. Talk to the king. You're his child. You're not an addict. You're a child of the king. Talk to the king. You're not a cancer survivor. You're a child of the king. Talk to the king. I'm not a heart attack waiting to happen. I'm a child of the king. Talk to the king. You're not living day to day, week to week, paycheck to paycheck, because you have no money. You're a child of the king. Talk to the king. There's power in your prayer. You are the spirit of power. You are the spirit of love. You are the spirit of a sound mind. So what does your heart and mind sound like? You are the spirit of a sound mind. What does your heart and your mind sound like? What sounds are coming from your heart and your mind? Is it the one accord heart and mind? Is your heart and mind in harmony with God? TJ, is Brandon okay? All right. Is your heart and mind in harmony with God? Is your heart and mind in tune with God? Start talking to God daily. Talk to God every day. Talk to God all the time. He's your daily bread. Just do it. Just keep talking to God all day long, every day. Walk with your God and become best friends with your God. Every day, all day long, all night long, when you wake up in the morning, talk to God. Wherever you go during the day, talk to God. When you're in your car, talk to God. When you lie down at night, talk to God. Just talk to God. Do the 40-day Jesus diet and see what happens. I threw this out there a few weeks ago. TJ started it. He found something online for a 40-day Jesus diet. 40 days of Jesus. 
We're, we are all overweighted. We're not overweight. We're overweighted. Our burdens are too much. Our burdens are wearing us down. We are all carrying too much extra weight, too much extra baggage from life. The more Jesus you consume, the more anger you're going to lose. The more Jesus you consume, the more anxiety you're going to lose. The more stress you're going to lose. The more wrath you're going to lose. The more hatred you're going to lose. The more bitterness you're going to lose. The more strife you're going to lose. The more contentious spirit you're going to lose. The more Jesus we consume, the more jealousy and the envy we'll lose. The more Jesus we consume, the more worry we'll lose. The more Jesus we consume, the more sickness and the pain and the suffering we'll lose. We'll lose the diseases. We'll lose the addictions. We'll lose the traumas of our life. The more Jesus we consume, we'll lose our past. We'll learn to leave our past behind us where it belongs. We'll learn to leave our past behind us where it belongs. Too much of us allow our past to control our present. Put your past behind you. Don't forget. Just put it behind you. Don't let your past control your life. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me Pray to him, pray to Jesus, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. Man, our souls need some rest. Our souls are weary. Life is wearing us out. Rest for your souls. Matthew chapter 9. Starting at verse 18. Why Jesus spoke these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped Jesus, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay your hand upon her, and she shall live. Verse 19. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 9, it says, Behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood for 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. The hem of his garment. She touched the tassel of his garment. The Jews refer to it as, as the zitzit. She touched the tassel of his garment. And verse 21, And she said within herself, If I may touch his garment, I shall be whole. 
If I may touch his garment, I shall be whole. There's power in prayer. This is her prayer. This is her simple prayer. If I may touch his garment, I shall be whole. We receive not because we ask not. Seek and we shall find. Knock, it's going to be open to us. Ask. All we have to do is ask. Talk to him. Pray, pray, pray. Ask. She said within herself. Sunday the pastor talked about Hannah. Not having, being barren. Hannah did the same thing. She said within herself. And God gave her a son, Samuel, a great prophet. Talk to God. Whatever you need, whatever's going on, whatever needs to be done, whatever situation you're in. Twelve years this woman was unclean. Twelve years this woman was unclean. Twelve years she was an outcast from society because she was unclean. Twelve years she had spent all of her living on doctors. For twelve years she had spent all of her time, all of her energy, all of her days, all of her money. Hoping that a doctor, hoping that a man might help her. Hoping that a man might bring salvation to the misery that had become her miserable life. Hoping that a man or a doctor might be able, able to deliver her from the shame that her miserable life had become. Hoping that a man might save her. For 12 years. Think about that. Everyone in Nazareth knew this woman. She's like the woman at the well. Everyone in Nazareth knows this woman. Everyone in Nazareth knows this woman is unclean. Like the lepers, when they see her, they yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. And everybody gets away from her. Everybody avoids her. Everybody shuns her. Everybody talks about her. Everybody gossips about her. She's gross. She's disgusting. She's unclean. She's hopeless. She's alone. She has nothing. She's unclean. All her money and all her living was spent on her issue. She shouldn't have even been in Nazareth. She shouldn't have even been in the town. She had no business being out there on the streets. She was unclean. And everybody in Nazareth, including Jesus, knew it. Jesus, his ministry was only three and a half years. And this is where he grew up. He had to know this woman. He had to have heard about this woman. He had to have heard stories about this woman. He had to have heard people gossiping about this woman. She's unclean. But she says within herself, there's power in prayer. If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. 
Her prayer wasn't, I want to be whole. If you pray, I want, I want, I want, I want, that's what you're going to get. Wanting. If I want to be healed, that's what I'm going to get. Wanting to be healed. Jesus didn't say to the blind man, I want you to see. He said, be healed, receive your sight. He didn't say to the lame, I want you to walk. No, he said, rise up, take up your bed and walk. There's power in prayer. Declare the healing in Jesus' name. Declare the spirit and power. I shall be whole. You shall be healed. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, arise and walk. Matthew 9 and 22. But when Jesus turns himself around, and when Jesus saw her, when Jesus sees this gross and disgusting, this lost, no hope, no money, no family, no friends, Nobody, no husband, no religion, no church, nowhere to go because she's unclean, because she has an issue. The whole town of Nazareth has turned against her because she has an issue. Society has thrown her away because she has an issue. The religious community has turned against her because she has an issue. Her family has given up on her because she has an issue. She has no place to live because she has an issue. She has no money anymore because she has an issue. She has no job because she has an issue. And we all have issues. Everyone in Nazareth had an issue. Everyone in this building tonight has issues. And all she has left in her miserable life is a prayer. A prayer in her heart and mind. A prayer that's tuned into God. A prayer that's in harmony one mind and one accord with Jesus. There's power in prayer. There's power in her prayer. There's power in your prayer. She says, I shall. I shall. I shall. I shall be made whole. I shall be made whole. I'm not sitting in my seat. I'm not staying outside the city. I'm Coming into the streets, I'm getting out of my seat. I'm coming to the altar. I'm seeking for the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get baptized. I shall, I shall, I shall be made whole. If I may but touch the hem of his garment, that is her prayer. And Jesus says unto her, daughter, after 12 Miserable years, Jesus says, daughter, be of good comfort. Be comforted. Take courage. Be brave. Be strong. God has not given you the spirit of fear. 
You have the spirit of power. You have the spirit of love. You have a spirit of a sound mind. Jesus says, thy faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. She wasn't just healed. She was made whole from that hour. She was restored. I believe her health was restored. I believe her money was restored. She was made whole. I believe her home life was restored. I believe her family was restored. I believe the city came to her. I believe her walk in the church was restored because she was made whole. She wasn't just healed. She wasn't just healed of a blood issue that had played, plagued her life for 12 years. The woman was made whole from that very hour. She was made whole. Simple prayer. If I may just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just get through the crowd, if I can just find my way to Jesus, if I can just get to Jesus, if I can just touch Jesus. This problem has persisted for 12 years. If I can just get to him, if I can just reach him, And she was made whole from that very hour. Listen, there's power in prayer and there's power in your prayer. We undervalue ourselves. We don't value the power and the strength and the might that we have inside of our hearts and our minds and our souls and our spirits. Be diligent. Be intentional. Step out in faith. Be powerful. There's power in your prayer. Be powerful because the world, because your family, because this church needs you. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.